All right, we're here with April Ryan at Politicon. Uh, she's been good enough to join us. Uh, she's, of course, with American Urban Radio Networks. Uh, she's part of the White House Press Corps, uh, much to the agitation of the Trump administration, uh, which we greatly appreciate. Um, she's only been declared the Journalist of the Year by the National Association of Black Journalists and won an NAACP Image Award. So uh, thank you for joining us, April. Thank we appreciate you for having me. I'm so excited to be on Young Turks. This is crazy. I'm really a fan. <laughs> Thank you, bro. I appreciate yeah. it. Uh, she's got a new book out, Under Fire, reporting from the front lines of the Trump White House. Well, unfortunately, that's a little bit too literal. You've asked some questions that I thought were um, perfectly normal. <laughs> Thank you. Right? Thank you, because sometimes you walk out of there like, am I crazy? Yeah. It, oh, wait, what happened, you know? So, I mean, get a load of the first interaction that, that made the biggest headlines with uh, you and Trump. When you said, hey, are you going to meet with the Congressional Black Caucus? Well, I, And that's I, normal when you're talking about doing an urban agenda, trying to fix the problems in urban America, right? The Congressional Black Caucus. And I also included the Congressional Hispanic Caucus, but we couldn't get to that point. It, it would be weird if somebody didn't ask that question. <laughs> on, on that issue, whether you're a Republican or, or a Democratic president and you're talking about urban issues, are you going to be talking to the Black Caucus, Hispanic Caucus, et cetera? And then uh, Trump, if you don't remember, asked April to set up the meeting. Hmm. She, what? <laughs> She's a reporter. Why would she set up that meeting? And then he said, aren't you friends with them? So, so now, April, look, it's we get to say it a little bit more, right, because we have perspective and it's easier for us. But uh, so how is that not at least racist? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'm glad you said that. I, I, you know, there is a tinge of racism, but let me take you back as to why I thought it was something else when it was happening, that moment. That moment's still very cringeworthy for me. I don't like watching it. It was an ugly moment for the nation. Mm -hmm. A U.S. president had what was perceived to be an Archie Bunker moment or an Al Bundy moment. Mm-hmm to a dean of the press corps who happens to be black and a woman. But it was deeper than that. The problem is, is that um, about two weeks prior to that, I got into an altercation with one of his um, assistants who's no longer at the White House, who was fired. Um, we heard about it, December 12th or 13th, the night of December 12th, 13th. I'm talking about Omarosa. She and I used to be friends, a synopsis of a synopsis. We were friends. and. She wanted to perceive, be perceived as loyal in the Trump administration, so she went after, well, in the campaign and the administration, so she went after a reporter that was close to her, me. She lied on me saying I was taking money from Hillary Clinton, which was a total lie, right, to kill my career. Here I am, a divorced mother of two children, single mom trying to make a living that I've been doing for years, I was there when she was there. She got fired the first time in the Clinton administration, and I told her I was going to be there when you get fired this time, and it mm. happened. Mm -hmm. I've been doing this, but she wanted to show that um, she was loyal to them, put my head on a platter, and serve it up to the president. And she was in his ear, telling mm -hmm. him things. So by her saying, because I was in WikiLeaks like a lot of other reporters, and we'll talk about that later, um, because I'm not mad about the WikiLeaks thing. Mm -hmm. So she, what she had done was to put me on blast to the president. So when that moment happened, and he said, are they your friends? After Omarosa two weeks ago had said to everybody out loud that I was taking money from Hillary Clinton, and she had been saying that all along in that fight in uh, near the Oval Office, outside the press office, 
I felt it was more sinister than it was racial. Well, that's interesting. I, yeah. I actually did not know that background at the time. I remember now that you and Omarosa had a, a falling out. And the uh, book is not all about her, but I, I give you that beginning to understand right. how it all started. Yeah. And then there's more to it. So it wasn't just saying, hey, you're a black person. Do you know other black people? It was questioning your credibility, your my objectivity. Integrity, and, my integrity, right. who I was. And... All I knew was at that moment, the blood was rushing to my ears and I, 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 I was shaking my head at that moment. Right, yeah. Like, no, like I can't do that because right. I am supposed to write the story. I'm not supposed to create the story. I'm mm -hmm. not supposed to be the story. At that moment, I wound up being the story and I had to tell the president of the United States, who should have known better, know that I can't do this. Yeah, but see, that's the thing, April. We've gotten to a situation where you guys in the... It, and I'll call it mainstream press because you're on CNN now. and, and uh, But American Urban Radio Networks is also mainstream as well. Yes, that's okay. right. That's what I was going to get okay. to. And and so you guys are in a tough spot because you have to be trying to be, uh, quote-unquote, objective about a guy who is clearly unfit for office. How do you, as president, not know that reporters don't set up meetings with the Congressional Black Caucus? I mean, any one of a thousand things he has done is disqualifying for anyone else. But but if you say that, then people question. But I think that's perfectly ob objective to say that, right? Yeah, but but, no. but people then question you and go, well, that, no, no, you're not being fair to him. You're supposed to normalize it and say, of course, the president shouldn't know anything about being a president. So, so here in that moment, in that moment, all I knew was I'm not supposed to do that. That's not my job. I'm asking you about this. And then what what I felt in that moment was the weight of what had been going on had come to bear for the world to see. But everybody didn't know the backstory. Mm -hmm. But at that moment, the president didn't look so good because he didn't flush it out, you know. And then after that, Sean Spicer talked about shaking my head and things. And then Sarah Huckabee picked up right where Sean left off. So let me ask you about the rest of the press. Because Sean Spicer and Sarah Huckabee Sanders can say anything they like, right? Oh, I can't believe Not you. Not necessarily. Because that first day, that first day he came out talking about the crowd size. Uh -huh. Size matters with this administration, believe it yeah, or not. Yeah, yeah. But the first day, that nailed his coffin shut, really. It was just a slow nailing, but it nailed his coffin shut. Yeah, but to me, they lie every single day, seven times a day. But they can't say, there's an accountability. Sean can't get a job technically uh -huh. right now and if sarah leaves that that might happen to hope hicks had a hard time she's now with fox i mean what's going i mean these people can't say everything they want people there there's a segment of america that believes them and validates them for whatever reason and then there's another segment of america saying things aren't right so I'm curious about the reaction of the rest of the press, because let's say Sean Spicer says, hey, I can't believe you shook your head when the president seemed like an absolute moron and doesn't know how to be president. OK, how dare you shake your head at anything that that anyone that knows anything about being a president would shake their head at? OK, that's fine. That's Sean Spicer doing that. What is the reaction of the rest of the press? Are they then like a little worried that, hey, you got called out on that? Do you see what I'm saying? So Yeah. Yeah. So let me say this. It's a different day. I started with Helen Thomas and Sam Donaldson, the greats, you know, yep. um, Ann Compton, uh, Bill Plant. I worked with those people. I you saw were straight him. out of Ann Compton. I get it. We're not far from, from Compton. So, so, so look, but no, but, but, but I saw them work and I, I, I learned from the greats. I mean, I was a journalist, but to be a White House correspondent was totally different. I learned from the greats, and Helen took me under her wing. 
Um, Sam, I mean, all of, we, we, we were friends, you know, we worked together, we friendly adversarial relationship. We, we were part of the White House press corps. That was a different day when something happened like that, we all knew if it happens to them, it can happen to us. Now in that room, and I know a lot of people, you know, some of the, some of the White House press corps may not like it, but I don't care. I'm a dean of that room. I've been there 21 years. I was there before many of them were even born, okay, for real, and that's the truth. So this room is divided now. You have conservative journalists, you have liberal journalists, and then you have some like Walter Cronkite, that's the way it was, down the middle. Mm -hmm. I try to be, and I hope I am, that's the way it was. Um, so what happens is the conservative journalist like, that's what she gets. Mm -hmm. The liberal journalist like, oh my God. I don't want to be perceived as an advocate journalist. I don't want to be perceived part of the resistance. But I'm told that once I told the president no, people thought I was the resistance. I'm just... I was, that's not my job to do what he asked me to do. So, and that compromise, that would compromise my journalistic integrity. So, uh, April, Sam. Yeah, I would have liked to be in the room if they had that meeting. That's what I would have liked to be. If they had that meeting, I wasn't in the room, but I did do pool that day. But I would like to hear, you know, what they were saying since I brought the question up, but I would not set up the meeting. Sam Donaldson was on the Young Turks a long time ago, and he had a great, great story about how. Uh, if the Reagan or Clinton White House ever called to complain about the questions that he asked, Rune Arledge would give him a raise. Okay, and and I'm a, I'm a, which is I haven't gotten a raise. <laughs> I, would, I, I would like some more money, but I haven't gotten a raise. No, and, I need and, one to pay for my security. But go ahead. <laughs> so you were there with Sam, and and you saw him ask those tough questions. And back then, that was literally rewarded. I'm afraid that we don't have the same situation now. I, well, what's your take on that? We don't have the same situation. I'm not looking for a reward. I'm just doing my job. But if you notice, I just ask a question, and then the response is so off the wall that it makes me the story. Mm -hmm. They have done this to me. I didn't ask for this. I just ask a question about, with Sean, stop shaking your head. Sean, how are you going to change the optics of Russia? That's a simple question. But then he has to go into, well, if you have a salad, and it has Russian salad dressing, then you have Russia and all this stuff. It, it was so trite. Yeah. You know, he didn't have to do that. And that put the spotlight on me. And then I asked the question, certain issues, you know, like um, just certain questions like, you know, the president goes out tweeting about a female a federal lawmaker about how, you know, she she was asking for a lot of stuff, you know, and, and insinuating it was sexual. And then I'm ridiculous for saying that was he insinuating that. And you don't, it's not beyond, beyond the realm of possibility when the president was on tape with Billy Bush talking about grabbing the pee. Yeah. Using a tic tac. Yep. But I'm the one who's crazy. And they make it, they, they put the focus on you trying to make you look crazy. And then in turn, you watch Fox News, they're talking about, oh, the most ridiculous question, the most ridiculous reporter. April puts a target on my head, and then Breitbart writes lies about me, and mm -hmm. any conservative group writes a lie about me, and then I'm looking for attention. No, I'm just asking a question. You made me blow up. Yeah, I, I'm reminded of that in that example of when uh, Trump... And my company doesn't mind it, but I haven't gotten a raise. <laughs> <laughs> to answer the question, right? Yeah. Um, so... I'm reminded of the absurd thing that Trump said about Megyn Kelly. She's bleeding from wherever. And then everybody knows what that means. And then they act all outraged when people say, we know what that means. It's called president explain. You know, like men mansplaining. 
So the president will say something, and then Sarah Huckabee, no, that's not what he meant. You know, he meant this. I'm like, she's trying to insult the intelligence of the American people. And that, you know, not only that, I'm still stuck on, the Megyn Kelly thing happened a while ago, so we, I'm not normalizing it. But the most recent thing, when we were talking about voter IDs and everything, you know, the president goes out to a rally talking about, well, you know how you go to a grocery store and you need an ID. I'm like, when is the last time I needed an ID to go to the grocery mm-hmm. store? So the next day, Sarah says, and the next day, the next day, she said, well, you know, the president, what he meant to say, well, what he was saying was when you go to the grocery store f- to get alcohol and beer, I'm like, that's not what he said. Not remotely what he that's said. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. he, they're always trying to clean up his inartful speech. Yeah. And, and his Archie Bunker speech. I feel like you're not even saying the emperor doesn't have clothes. You're just asking them, hey, where's his clothes? (laughs) They're not on him. Why is he walking out like (laughs) that naked? And then they're like, how dare you say that? As he's standing, you know, in this analogy, stark naked in front of the whole country. Stark naked. And I don't want to see it. Right. No, nobody wants to see it. I just don't want to see it. Yeah. So now you mentioned, (laughs) it's in the title of your book, too, uh, that... Uh, under fire and you mentioned hey this is serious and it is and this is something that i've been talking about for a long time the right wing thinks it's a game and they treat it like a game so when uh when trump talks about body slamming reporters that's not cool and and then uh somebody in the audience tells jim acosta does the thing where it was we're going to cut your throat and then they later they ask him for an autograph and and jim can't figure out why and, and i figured it out because they think it's wwe okay and right and they, It's a a joke. It's part of the reality show. This is not a reality show. This is a taxpayer's expense. And not only that, all of this comes at a time when we are trying to get answers about the death of an American journalist. And the problem is the president has not gone in far enough and forceful enough about getting answers from the Saudis of what happened in that consulate to Jamal Khashoggi. And and it's, it's not right. If that could happen to Jamal, it could happen to all of us. Yeah, yeah, no. It, the, what Pat Robertson said was haunting. He and and unfortunately, the Trump administration is following up on it, which is he's like, what what is one man compared to a big arms uh, uh, deal? And so that what that tells reporters is you can Every walk into any matters. embassy or anywhere in the world, and they can murder you, and then they'll turn around and go, yeah, but it's only one person. We got to make money. Well, wait a minute, but but here's the thing: it's not just about a journalist; it's about an American citizen. What is the life? What if someone gets stuck somewhere or something happens? Oh, what is that one life? And, and they're, on, they're on vacation or something or on business and go into a consulate and somebody has a bone saw, accidentally saws their body up. Yeah. And then, oh, what's, what's that to arms? You know, what's that compared to one life? It's not just about us. If they can do it to us, they can do it to anyone else. Yeah. And, uh, and so how real is it for you? Are you worried about your security? There's collateral damage. Yeah, and that's, I don't want to talk about it anymore, but yeah. But I'm not giving up because mm-hmm. if I walk away, they win. And it's not it's not about winning or losing. I've been doing this. This is what I studied in school. I have a community that's so proud of me that lifted me up and sent me off. My late mother and father would, would roll over in their graves if I walked away. I'm five generations from the last known slave in my family, and I am blessed to be able to go to that place every day 1600 pennsylvania avenue in good times and bad times and i've done my job i've spoken the truth and some people just can't take it it's like nails on a chalkboard they don't want to hear the truth when their president has told them when our president has told them or told us what he's doing maya angelo said it succinctly when someone shows you who they are believe them 
Yeah. So um, that leads to the question of how, how is he getting away with it? <laughs> and so let, let me. It's laughable, right? Yeah. You got you to gotta laugh to keep from crying. Yeah. yeah, because so he said he fell in love with Kim Jong-un. Um, April, let me ask you this. If Hillary Clinton was president mm. and she had said. Crooked Hillary, I, right? Yeah. If Hillary Clinton had said, I fell in love with Kim Jong-un, what do you think the press reaction would have been? Oh, my God. She wouldn't be in office today. They would have run them out of the country. Mm -hmm. For real. Um, you know, I remember George W. Bush. Been around long enough to cover him. Axis of evil. One of the, 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 the points of the axis of evil. Here's what's the problem. And people, you know, people don't... President Trump, everything is great. He's done the greatest job ever on anything. What I will say is talking is better than war. They're talking. There's efforts of diplomacy, which is mm -hmm. great. Yep. But diplomacy is still working because it's still fragile. But at the same time, with Kim Jong-un, with North Korea and with Iran and with Russia, we are a nation that still does not have the accuracy and intelligence as to what they're doing. And we've got to be careful about how much allegiance we pledge so soon and so fast. We have to let things work out. What was old Reagan saying? Trust but verify. Mm -hmm. We're not doing the verification. Yeah. So, but it seems to me that there's a double standard here, and I don't know how we solve it. I don't. I'm just. I and I don't know if you know or anybody knows. But if if Barack Obama puts mustard on his hamburger, we got a, a news story on Fox News. If he wears a tan suit or he's holding a coffee while saluting. I actually like the tan suit. I like it too. I, yes. I, I don't. You know, right. if Trump wants to come. President Trump wants to come out in a tan suit. I don't have a problem with. Be like, oh, does it go with the orange? <laughs> yeah, that know. might be an it, issue. Yeah, it, might be, be, it might clash. A little but, bit of a clash, right? Yeah. But <laughs> so. So we got a standard where one guy, uh, and and I look, I criticize Obama on a hundred things, and I think legitimately so on drone strikes and. You have to uh, criticize every right. president. You have because it makes the democracy great. You cannot. It's not the emperor with the new clothes. Every president, no matter Democrat or Republican, even Barack Hussein Obama, even for black people, you have got to 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 push them because only if. The squeaky wheel gets the oil. If you don't push, they're not going to do it in a lot. We are a reactionary society. We are a reactionary uh, people. The White House is reactionary. Look at Parkland. Look at zero tolerance. And look at what Brett, Ka the, the, what Brett Kavanaugh, even though he was confirmed, they did listen. The president came out and said, I, I believe uh, Dr. Ford. And then even Kellyanne Conway came out saying she was sexually assaulted. But they saw that people were believing her, so he had to go out and smear her and mock her. And what did he say on 60 Minutes? I had to do that to win by any means necessary. So the people who listen to the president, they listen to him because they understand there's more at stake. It's not about Donald. They're willing to turn their head and hold their nose with mm -hmm. all that stuff, the grabbing of the pee with the tic-tac and, and the questions of stormy weather, stormy Daniels, you know, mm -hmm. all of that. And even watching that crazy back and forth on Twitter, the horse face versus the tiny and mm -hmm. your shortcomings. That's a president. I, oh, anyway, moving on, I digress. So, but they are willing to hold their nose and turn their head for the Supreme Court. I don't want abortion. I want uh, uh, marriage, man and woman, um, tax breaks, gun control. They're willing to turn their head on all of the crazy that has now put us in constitutional crisis, a national security crisis, any other crisis that you can name, all for the sake of these few items. So at the end of the day, for <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly right. And at the end of the day, if you're a Democrat, the other Democrats will rain holy hell on you if you step out of line a little bit. But for Republicans, 
it appears to me that there is no bottom. So Trump can say horse face. He can say all those at things. At this moment, it doesn't seem like there is. I mean, I look at these ministers. I'm a Christian. And, you know, I teach my children. I teach, you know, the children, the people I mentor. We don't talk about people. And I don't even like when people go up there talking about Sarah Huckabee Sanders' looks. Uh -huh, I yeah. And I don't, I don't talk about her looks. I don't like people talking about mine. They call me Miss Piggy. Yeah, you know, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, but you know what, Miss Piggy's fabulous, and I used to call myself <laughs> Miss Piggy in college, so I'm not upset by that. But I think we have gotten, we have, we have now become the underbelly of what we despise. But what what we need to do is, is understand that we are going through growing pains, and this is what I'm seeing from reporting at that magnificent, magnificent historic place for 21 years. What will make the leaders who are supporting him, who, who, who the religious leaders or the congressional leaders or, or whatever, whoever supports him, I think if people stop being afraid of the bully and understand that we, the people who are still forming a more perfect union, rise up. Yeah. We're still going through the growing pains. I am, I am, this, this we, the people thing is really hitting me. This freedom thing is really hitting me over the last two years because people are kind of, oh my God, oh my God. Well, what are we going to do? Some people are still in the fetal position. I'm like, what do you mean? What are you going to do? Go vote. Make a make it. Voting is one of the tools. If if you're unhappy, I don't care who you vote for, but if you're unhappy, do something about it. Don't complain. Do something about it. Yeah. And I'm just, I don't know. Don't. I just think people need to get out of that fetal position. I don't know what is going on. We are di We are going backwards in a lot of ways. But I think if people really want change, and I don't care who you vote for, Democrat or Republican, go to the polls. And if you want to be heard, march. Put the shoe leather. Pick up the, the blueprint that Dr. King had. That was one of the most successful uh, blueprints that we have in this nation. You know, you actually just gave me hope because you're right. Uh, the the <laughs> Yes. The, the, the way that... Uh, you know me. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'll tell you why. Because the, the way a bully is defeated is at the end is if people see that he actually has no power. Has no power. Yeah. And so in you this case... You got in their face. Yes. In this case... Uh, if the Democrats win the House, and I think uh, it appears based on the polling, not on hopes and wishes, uh, that they have an ex excellent chance of winning it back. I don't believe Saturday. in polls anymore because after what happened, I mean, we can't trust polls. But I'm going to say this. I believe that there are enough people on the blue side that are upset. But I also believe that there's like this quiet red something going on. It's, it's, mm. gonna, it's a little bit more than the title. It's sitting there watching. Okay, all right, we're going to see because they're going to the polls. What I see right now, though, is the understanding. Even President Trump understands that they may lose the House. But I also understand that they are going to do anything by any means necessary. Let's, look what's happening in Georgia. With Stacey Abrams, they are trying to throw mm -hmm. out I mean, that. Who still stays in a job and, that you oversee the election and you running in that election? It's who, unbelievable. Uh, it's like what? And then and now they're and then they're throwing out all of these absentee ballots. Look at what's happening in North Dakota, where the where the Native Americans whose land this is, they're told you can't vote if you don't have a street address because they live on a reservation. There is hope, but people have got to fight back for what they want. Yeah, just. Uh, if I'm 
So we don't about, know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure it's going to be all blue because there's some hanky panky going on. No, there is, and you're right. I mean, Kemp uh, uh, overseeing his own election is That's an outrage. Just wild. They're like literally pulling over black people in buses going to vote in what is in that Georgia. About? No, it's That's and, like and 50s that's, and 60s before the Voting Rights Act. That's right, because they cheat and they think they have to cheat because they're. Uh, but there's voter fraud. Yeah. But he won't answer voter suppression questions. Yeah, yeah. Voter fraud, by the way, is uh, 31. Uh, people in 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 a 14 year uh, time period, it is literally more likely to, that you'll be struck by lightning. Uh, but anyway, if the Democrats do get the House, though, then I think people might begin to see, oh, this guy actually doesn't have magic. There is no magic. There is no like he winds up winning no matter what. No, actually, he can get routed. It turns out he's not that strong at all. And so that might change people's perception of him. Well, let me say this: the devil's in the details on this. Let's say mm -hmm. the House is blue. Let's mm -hmm. say. Nancy Pelosi keeps her seat, or maybe not. Maybe someone else, you know, Democrat has it. Mm -hmm. Let's say Elijah Cummings now goes back to be the head of uh, oversight and reform, and all the other Democrats get all these powerful positions back in those those committees. Let's say that happens. Let's say that the Mueller report comes out. Donald Trump is an uh, is an unindicted co-conspirator. Mm -hmm. It now it it now goes political over here to the House. Who starts impeachment? The Senate is Republican. No conviction, mm -hmm. meaning he he remains. He's just impeached, mm -hmm. like Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. Every time he's going to be impeached. They're looking for impeachment. What you want? Figure out what you want. Do you just want the mark on his name and his record, or do you want removal? Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. So you might be back at square one. You yeah. know. So, but the question is then. The question is twenty twenty. But what I will tell you is, people are rising up. And you see this. People are rising up on both sides. But it took eight years for the actual rise up against Barack Obama with Donald Trump. But it's taken less than two against Donald Trump. You have all these women running. Never have you ever imagined that Florida would see a black man possibly win mm -hmm. the governorship. Never in my wildest dreams, the state of Georgia, a black woman. Mm-hmm who has natural hair, who could possibly <laughs> be the governor of that state. And they're so concerned they're playing these tactics. Mm -hmm. And she's, they say it's a dead heat. No, she's actually winning yeah. you know, in the polls. No, no, no. That's why they're doing the voter suppression because yeah. they're in a cold sweat panic. And all these other places where you have all these minorities who are saying, uh-uh, this is not acceptable. So there, people are rising up, but there's still that group that are scared of the bully. And my aunt used to say, um, all you got to do is hit a bully one good time and they'll leave you alone. Yeah. I don't believe in violence, but sometimes yeah. you have no, to. No, but you could hit him in the ballot box. And so in, yeah. in November 6th, mm -hmm. this is uh, the chance from, for people with my perspective to hit the bully in the mouth uh, through their votes, right? I'll Not be physically. covering it. I'll be covering yeah. right. it. I don't know who. I want people to. I don't care if you vote Democrat or Republican. Just go to the polls. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, I, I'm not pushing you either way yeah i am uh, <laughs> you can do that yeah. i can't <laughs> vote for progressives okay oh. so okay. And, and not and any old blue just won't do as greg edwards said in pennsylvania okay vote for progressives so now last thing yes. uh post trump uh, pr uh presidency because you are uh, the dean of the white house press corps there's going to be another one and you're still going to be there Okay, very likely. Yeah, I'm going to be, I'm gonna be at the right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. I can't go anywhere. I'm they not they can't outlast you. Oh. Um, so, do you think that the press corps has changed a little bit? Have they gotten oh. Have they gotten a little bit more aggressive that, hey, we're supposed to challenge the, the uh, person at the podium? As the news media is, is shining a bright light on them when they mess up by not 
supporting one another in the room. Yeah, they're, hmm. they're doing it. But I just wish many of those people in that room were there when I was there. They, they would learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're learning on the job. It's a learn on the job situation, but we're in a we're in a space that I've never seen before, and I'm hopeful. I'm all, I've always got hope for 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 a greater day and better day. We're just going through growing pains, you know. A lot of a lot of the the old guard has retired or died, and now we've got this young crop that we've got to teach. And I guess I've got to help teach them. Some of them want to challenge me. I'm like, okay, but you don't want to come here. Don't come for me unless I call for you, because because you know because <laughs> it's in the it's in, I actually have some of that in my book uh-huh. because these new young uh, conservatives don't know my political persuasion but they think that I'm going after the president and they want to stand up with the administration but you don't realize you make yourself look bad mm-hmm. and I'm going to stand and I'm gonna shine even more the more you come after me. No, well, there you go. And that's uh, the book is Under Fire, reporting from the front lines of the Trump White House. Yes. Okay, Get so. Get your copy. If you're going to come, you better come correct. That's right. <laughs> April Ryan, thank oh. you so much for joining us. Really appreciate this it. This is a dream. I cannot believe this. This is a dream. Thank come you. True. Thank, thank you so you. much for thank us, too.